When was the last time you felt alone? We've all felt alone, right? So when was the last time? I'll tell you when the last time I felt alone. I remember it was January 23rd. The exact date for you. A couple months ago. Uh, Lily was born on December 26th, and she's mine and Ann's firstborn. And so my mom decided to come down and stay with us for almost a month after Lily was born. But on January 23rd, mom left. And I looked at Ann, and then I looked at this baby that I had no idea still how to take care of, and I couldn't help but feeling alone. All these questions run through your head. What if the baby doesn't stop crying? What if the baby won't sleep? And it's just me and Ann. I know Ann, and I know she doesn't know what to do either. <laughs> Where Mom's 1,500 miles away. This is overwhelming. And we were afraid. And we were felt alone. So when was the last time you felt alone? Was it when your parents dropped you off at practice for the first time with your new team? Was it when your parents dropped you off at college for the first time and they left, and there you sat in your dorm room? Even though you were surrounded by hundreds of other students in your dorm, you still felt alone? Was it starting a new chapter in your life, whether it be a new job, a new city, uh, you didn't know anyone, and, and you just felt alone? Oh, was it when a loved one passed away? I think it's safe to say that we've all felt alone before in our life. We've all experienced loneliness and we've all felt that feeling of being alone. We could be surrounded by plenty of other people and yet still feel that sense of being alone. And it's a little strange because we live in a technology world where we are supposed to be more connected now than ever before, and yet more and more people feel alone. And if that describes you, or ever has described you, there is hope. And that hope today comes from Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible. Uh, Remember, the Bible is, is a book made up of 66 books. And Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible. It's a weird name. Uh, Deuteronomy is actually two Greek words smashed together, deuteros and namas. And so it's, it literally means second law. And before we go to Deuteronomy chapter 31, I, I want to give you the, the background as to where we're at, uh, otherwise it won't make as big of an impact. Genesis. <laughs> we're going to start in Genesis. Genesis 1 through 11 is the beginning of the world, the creation of the world. Uh, Genesis chapter 12 is when it's 2000 BC when God appears to uh, Abraham. He calls Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation, to leave his homeland and go to the land that God will show him and that he will inherit. That land is the land of Canaan, the Holy Land. So the rest of Genesis is all about Abraham's family. At the end of Genesis, we find that family traveling over to Egypt because of a great famine. And so they're residing in Egypt, and in Egypt, two things happen. One, the nation of Israel blows up to a million people. Two, the Egyptians say, hey, we've got this group of people here that's a million people. We need to enslave them, otherwise they're going to try and take us over. And so the Jewish people become slaves to the Egyptians for 400 years. So from about 1940 until 1500 B.C., they are slaves to the Egyptians. 
And we don't really know much about that because Genesis ends when they get into Egypt and Exodus begins when Moses comes on the scene in 1500 B.C. 1500 B.C., God comes to Moses, 80-year-old man, and says, Moses, go to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and tell him to let my people go. They're going to go and inherit the land that I promised to Abraham. And so Moses goes to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and says, let God's people go. And Pharaoh says, no. Ten miracles, ten plagues come and destroy, not completely destroy, but just completely uh, affect the Egyptians to the point where Pharaoh finally says, go, I don't even want them here anymore. And so Moses leads this group of a million people out into the wilderness. Here's a map for you. So they leave Egypt and they cross the Red Sea. And after they cross the Red Sea, here's the land of Canaan up here. Here's Jerusalem. Uh, And instead of going directly for that, God says, Moses, listen up. Here's the deal. These people, the, the Israelites, they're a million people, they don't trust me yet. And they're not ready for war. And so if we go directly up there into battle, these people are going to, one, not trust me, and they're going to lose heart. Let's go south. So Moses leads them south. He gets to Mount Sinai where he receives the Ten Commandments and the other laws. And then they come up and they start making their way up to the Promised Land. And they get up here. And they send 12 spies into the land of Canaan to know what they're dealing with. Who are these people? What's the land like? Get the lay of the land. Those spies come back and 10 out of the 12 report to the people, we can't do it. We can't go in and take them over. These people are huge. We are like grasshoppers compared to them. And all the people lose heart. And so God says, that's it. Anyone 20 years or older will not enter the land of Canaan. And so what do they do? They go over, and then they come back down, and they wander for 40 years in this wilderness. They wander for 40 years, and finally, they make their way up, getting ready to enter the land of Canaan. And they're right here. They're getting ready to cross the Jordan River. You can just see the tip of the Jordan River right there. They're getting ready to cross over. Jericho is right on the other side, and they're getting ready to go into battle. And Moses stands on the banks of the Jordan in Deuteronomy chapter 31 after leading his people for 40 years and he says goodbye. Deuteronomy chapter 31. Here's what we're told. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old and I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. Think how big of a deal this was. This is their leader. This is Moses, the one who's always had the answers, the one who settles disputes, the one who knows where to go, the one who's always been there for 40 years. And now he's saying, I can't go on anymore. I can't lead you. Not only did he serve in that capacity, excuse me, but he served as, a prof, or as the people's prophet, priest, and even though he didn't have the title, he was really served as their king under God. God would come to Moses and speak to Moses, and then Moses would go to the people and say, here's what God said. That's what a prophet is. He would speak the words of God. Now Moses is going. Who's going to speak the words of God to them? Moses served as a priest, interceding for the people. 
As they traveled and, and wandered for 40 years, the people again and again complained and grumbled against God. And at, at one point it got so bad that God said to Moses, that's it Moses, stand aside, I'm going to completely destroy this people and start over with you. And what did Moses do? He fell to the ground and pleaded with God, God, yes, these are stubborn people, but you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love. And God relented. Who's going to intercede for them now? And even though, again, he didn't have the title as a king, he led the people under God's direction. Who's going to be their leader? Moses was the one who made them feel safe, made them feel secure. He's the one who was always there. And not only that, he's not just not going to be with them anymore. They're crossing the Jordan to go into battle. And Moses won't be there. He was the one that felt them safe going into battle, that brought them peace. He was the one that brought them security. And we can all relate, right? Because here's your first point this morning. We all have people who make our journey feel secure. We all have them, don't we? Whether it be our spouse, our parents, our kids, friends, Siblings, we all have that person that makes us feel secure, that makes us feel safe, that makes us feel like we're not alone because we can always call so-and-so. They will know what to do. They will have the advice. They will tell me what to do. They will give me direction. We all have that person. And as long as that person is here with us, we feel safe. We feel secure. We don't feel like we're alone. But when that person leaves, we could be surrounded by millions of people and still feel incredibly alone. This is where the Israelites are at. They're at the banks of the Jordan, getting ready to cross over into battle, and the one person who makes them feel secure says, I can't go on with you. But, He gives the people hope. The Lord your God Himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what He did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom He destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Moses says, Guys, I can't go on, but I've got great news. Someone far more superior than me, someone far greater than me is going with you. The Lord your God. I know that you're scared going into battle, but the Lord your God is going ahead of you. He's already entered the land. He's already seen the enemies. He already knows the battles. And He's gone on ahead of you. The Lord your God, the Creator, all-powerful, perfect God, goes before you. And if that wasn't comforting enough, Moses says, Hey, and God's also sending Joshua, my aid. Joshua is a Hebrew name that means He saves. And so God was sending Joshua ahead of the people into battle 
to save the people as they enter the nation. And so what does Moses say? He says, look what God is doing. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. And here's the promise. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's God's promise to you today as well. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord your God goes with you. And we know it, right? We know it. We believe it when things are going well. But when we're standing at the banks of our own Jordan River, getting ready to cross into battle, do we remember this? Or are we afraid and terrified because of them? We know it and believe it, but then we're surrounded by a group of non-Christians and we know what's coming. They're going to ask about our Christian faith. And we know this is a great opportunity to tell them about Jesus, but we get afraid and we get terrified because of them. And how often we forget that we aren't alone in that situation. We believe it and we know it until we face a decision that we have to make and we're standing at the banks and we have to decide whether to go right or left and we don't know which one because there could be potentially bad things this way and potentially bad things this way and we feel like we're completely alone making this decision because it's my life, I have to make the decision and we forget God is with us. And so we live in fear and we live terrified. We believe it until a loved one gets sick and we fa- they face a battle uh, having to go into the hospital and treatments and everything. And then we question, God, are you really with me? Have you forsaken me? We, we trusted it in- in- until uh, we have all of these different things that we have to juggle. Our schedules are completely overwhelmed. And the only one who can take care of it is me. And so I'm completely overwhelmed and I, I don't really believe that God is with me. And I'm terrified because I don't know if I have the strength to do it. We believe this, and yet how often when troubles come, when battles come, do we completely forget it? We completely forget that the Lord our God goes with us, that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so how do we end up living? In fear and terrified. How do you think God feels about that? Imagine being the holy, perfect God who cannot lie because He cannot sin. And He's reminded us again and again that He will never leave us, that He will never forsake us. He's told us again and again, do not be afraid, do not be terrified, because I am with you. And yet, how often don't we doubt and we say, God, I really don't believe you. I don't trust you in this situation. I don't. How do we think God feels about that? Do you think He's frustrated about it? Maybe even to the point of being angry about it? He says, trust in me with all your heart. And we have failed to do that. And then our mind starts to wander down that path a little bit too, don't we? And then we start saying, oh my goodness, God, when are you, gonna, when are you going to leave me and forsake me? Because after all, 
a relationship demands trust. If there's no trust, there's no relationships. So, so when are you going to lose your patience and when are you going to leave me? When are you going to abandon me? When are you going to forsake me? Because I don't trust you. I struggle. I struggle. When are you going to finally say enough is enough and turn your back on me? God's answer? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Again and again, His promise comes to us. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am going to go ahead of you. And not only me, God says, but I'm going to send Jesus ahead of you. Jesus is a Greek name. Can you guess what it means? He saves. He saves. God the Father says, I am going to go out ahead of you. The Lord God is going to go ahead of you. But I'm also going to send Jesus. He saves ahead of you on your journey. And that's your second point today. We all have Jesus who makes our journey secure. He doesn't just make us feel secure. He makes our journey secure. God the Father says, I know your struggle. I know your doubts. I know your lack of trust. I know all of your sins. I know them all. And yet I promise to never leave you nor forsake you. I promise to come again and again because I'm a patient and loving God. And not only that, but I promise to send my only son. And that's what he did. He sent Jesus. He saves into this world. God himself stepped into this world. And what did Jesus do? He trusted God perfectly. He knew God was with him every single moment of his life. Not as your example... But He did it for you, in your place, as your substitute. There was only one time when God was not with Jesus, and we know the exact moment. If you were here on Good Friday, you may remember. It was when Jesus was on the cross. And Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There is only one reason God forsakes someone, and it's sin. At the cross, God forsook Jesus. Why? Because all of your sins and all of my sins were on Him. All of our lack of trust, all of our doubts were on Jesus. And Jesus took responsibility for them all and God said, I'm leaving you. And then He turns to us and He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you because your sin has been taken away, has been removed. Your sin has been paid for. I've turned my back on Jesus. And here's the incredible part. Jesus has no bitter feelings towards us. Jesus instead says, I'm still going to go ahead of you. And I'm going to go ahead of you into death. I'm going to go ahead of you and rise from the dead. I'm going to go ahead of you and, and sit at the right hand of God in heaven where I am with you always to the very end of the age. Not only is the Lord God walking with us, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is walking with us through all situations. Jesus comes to you and says, Hey, I know you're surrounded by non-Christians right now, and and I know that they're going to ask you about your Christian faith, but don't worry. I've been waiting for you to get to this conversation. I've been here. I've been standing here. You're not alone. I'm with you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified because of them. He he comes to you when, when you're feeling overwhelmed, and Jesus says, I know you're not strong enough. But I am. And I am with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Rest on me. Rest on my strength. 
He comes to you when, when you don't know which direction to go in life. And he says, I know that it's a scary decision because if you go right, this could happen. If you go left, this could happen. But know that I've walked both paths already because I've gone out ahead of you. I know what's coming and I'm going to walk with you through whichever decision you make. Be strong and courageous. As you're on your deathbed and you're scared because you're alone because nobody can make that journey with you and you're sitting there overwhelmed, terrified. Jesus comes to you and He says, do not be afraid. Do not be terrified. I will go with you. I've been through death. I will hold your hand and walk through with you because I can walk through with you. And I promise to walk with you through it and then raise you back to life just like I did because I've gone out ahead of you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And as you remain here on earth, as a loved one passes away, Jesus comes to you and He says, I know the hole in your heart. I know the sadness that resides in there. But I am with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You are never alone. Our Lord God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is with us wherever we go. And He will never leave us nor forsake us. And that's your last point this morning. As we journey through life with Jesus, you are never alone. I don't know where your journey will take you. I don't know where mine's going to take me. But I know this truth. The Lord God goes with you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit walks with you. He goes ahead of you. He knows what's coming. He's there. He's walking with you through it all. So do not be afraid. Do not be terrified. Because the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. It's because of that promise, because your sins have been removed, that you are never alone. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we praise and thank You that You promised to never leave us nor forsake us. We thank You that You took God's uh, wrath and You took away our sin as You were forsaken so that God's promise may stand that He never will forsake us, never leave us. And it's because of You that He won't. And so we praise and thank You. Lord, as we travel through life and we go on this journey, uh, there are going to be times when we feel alone. Comfort us with Your presence. Comfort us with Your promises uh, that You will never leave us nor forsake us. No matter where we are, no matter where we go, no matter what happens, You are with us always to the very end of the age. We praise and thank You in all things. Amen.